Hello everyone, I want to start off this episode by um, saying thank you to all the listeners who have heard me talk about sex, organized crime, and religion for numberless episodes, but this episode will be As the late Michael Jackson said, the final curtain call. But I will go back to talking about those subjects a month from at least a month from now, maybe longer. Um, I've said that on other episodes before, time and time again. But this time... I am completely where I I want to be and where I need to be in terms of my inner life. So that is why I can pump the brakes on these subjects for at least a month or a little longer, like I will say for the last time in this episode. So without further ado, I want to talk about Um, the reasons for the affairs that I had in college. The affairs were due to the beginning with genuine disappointment and genuine dissatisfaction with an already existing marriage, already existing life partnership without being married, and already existing monogamy. The affairs were due to the beginning with diverting affection from one object of devotion to another. The affairs were due to the involvement of a process of deterioration. And the affairs were not usually impulsive decisions. The affairs were due to the involvement of the creation of fantasies about what a new object of love can do for you. Um, So, the feelings of disappointment and dissatisfaction was why The women were led away from their male life partners and were led to me. The feelings of genuine disappointment and genuine dissatisfaction were normal, but when endured, they did not pass. It remained. Um... The process of the affairs were all dangerous because we did not realize we did not always realize what was happening until it became too late, which sadly was the case. And the fantasies we had did create unrealistic expectations of what are, what new relationships can do only led to actual disappointment all existing in future relationships and the divert the diverting of our affections was the first step in the internal slave blinding 
process that led us into um, into immoral conduct. And then Their relationship with their male partners eventually became non-existent because it was too broken to be repaired. Um, That's how injurious the damages of the soul were. And... There was a hardness of hearts when it came to their relationships. So their hearts became hardened even to I cheat on my end, you cheat on your end. So they were both cheating on each other. A lot of that happened. And There was, because of trauma, there wasn't always full awareness of what we were doing, even though we had inklings that we were breaking societal customs of monogamy. I think with us, there was For us, when we people are hurt and people go through tremendous injuries, many times um, people in our situation, us, it was the trauma hijacking us. It didn't hijack like the decency of who we are. We're talking about how we were all decent people at our core, me and the women. The trauma did hijack um, our consciousness. I think that was the only thing the trauma hijacked was consciousness And comprehension were the only two things. Because even though we were traumatized, we were all nice people, kind people. Um, We were not abusive to each other in terms of the typical senses of it. And we weren't the TV shows that portray um, violent murderous affairs, it was never that. It was we were truly well-meaning, but there was um, abuse, abuse bonding, victimization bonding as well. So I'm just talking about what happened. And all these type of things I saw in organized crime, too. I just want to be honest about that. (laughs) 
What I also figured out was... That with the affairs... It truly... Let me to understand that the affairs weren't just physically hazardous. It was also innerly hazardous the most, too. I want to say when it came to the affairs, some of their family members found me attractive women. These were women family members, so I slept with some of their mothers, some of their grandmothers, some of their aunts, some of their nieces, some of their sisters, some of their cousins. um, Some of their godmothers, some of their godsisters. Some of their family friends, some of their chosen family. Um, and, uh, some of their goddaughters. and some of their daughters. Sometimes they would have me meet their family. They would have get-togethers and these women were, as soon as we locked eyes, we knew that we were going to sleep with each other shortly after. And that's usually what happened after family gatherings. Um, And the family gatherings at the women's home. So I would get in their car. I would head to their individual homes. And then we would have porn sex. I had porn sex with every woman in that in those families and those particular relatives. I had porn sex with all of them. I remember sleeping with all their women co-workers. Um, all of their friends. All of their associates. All of their talk buddies. All their hangout buddies. Um, all of their... All of their neighbors and um, all of their buddies, all of their best friends, all their true friends, all their close friends, some of their classmates. Yeah. Some of their bosses. That too. 
I must admit that that did occur. I'm not bragging about these things. I'm not glorifying these things. It gave me more understandings of how organized crime was the catalyst for all of these sexually disastrous experiences that I had. Organized crime, sexual, callous recklessness led to my college behavior. Subconsciously, I remember I remember um, getting my thoughts together, so bear with me. Organized crime was filled with these situations and so unfortunately I I duplicated those situations unhealed consciousness unhealed comprehension led to those things as well I slept I did mention I slept with some of their grandmothers hard truths and hard facts about my life to you all. I want to confess this. I was the guy when I was five years old that a lot of dudes feared. But I'm going to give you new details because I already mentioned that in past episodes. For example, a lot of guys would see me And they would drop dead of a heart attack due to their fear. A lot of guys would see me and drop dead of strokes due to their fears. A lot of guys saw me They literally dropped dead of panic attacks due to their being afraid of me. So in the world of organized crime, I saw people sue each other um, through lawsuits and press charges against each other, criminal um, court. And so in, in layman's terms, there were lawsuits and criminal charges, civil charges being filed. And 
Sometimes it went in the favor of the person who was the plaintiff. Other times it went in the favor of the person who was the defendant. Um, and these were several persons, by the way. Um, I want to make it really quick that there's nothing wrong with sleeping with people or their relatives or other people in their lives, whether, they're, whether it's personal, professional terms of the dynamics they have. But I was specifically talking about how, in my case, it was unwholesome because I was an unhealed person. And now that I'm a healed person, I do understand um, that... Naturally, I would not put myself in a situation where the sex was filled with any kind of deceit or or backstabbing. The sex I was having back then was codependent sex, codependency type of sex. Um, uh, it was... The sex was fit with delusions. It was fit with illusions. It, um, the sex was filled with fantasy land, fairy tale land, um, la la land. Can we all just get along, sing a song? Let's be friends. Um, hunky dory, fine and dandy. Um, you t- uh, a false utopia, and um, it was it was just filled with um. The concepts, all those concepts I got from organized crime, because that's what I witnessed, those things there. And in organized crime, we were all taught to be sexually psychopathic towards ourselves and others, to be sexually narcissistic towards ourselves and others, to be uh, sexually... Sociopathic towards ourselves and others to be sexually, um, psychopathic towards ourselves and others too. Thankfully, never have been and never will be a sexual, so, sexual sociopath, sexual psychopath, a sexual narcissist, and a sexual psychopath. Um, did those. Did some elements of psychopathy, narcissism, sociopathy, and um, psychopathy show up in the sex life of my pre-adolescence, adolescence, and young adulthood? To some extent, but they are all unintentional. Um, It was never... purposeful we we weren't sexually evil people we weren't sexually pure evil people um but because we're all unhealed maybe some of the traits unintentionally that we were forced to experience from those abusers it may have showed up in our sex lives, um, but not to an extent where we would all be classified as pre because that's never who we are. Um, I've learned that um, getting back to organized crime 
I I saw a lot of people being treated as thinghoods instead of personhoods. I will give you more examples of what I am discussing. An organized crime, which is a pure evil system in and of itself, Criminals had arrogant pride in their own quote-unquote programs, plans, and and successes. In organized crime, criminals made products always more important than people. In organized crime, the making of money is considered above people and in organized crime criminals do what is wrong no matter what the costs are and in organized crime there's a provision of unworthwhile unwholesome products and services from illegitimate unethical businesses that feed um, unwholesome desires. And criminals compromise moral excellence all the time. So those are the things I saw in that world. Um, I saw all the intellectual disabilities, all the intellectual disorders and all the traits of both and organized crime too. There was a lot of rigid boundaries, collapsed boundaries, passive aggressive personality disorder within organized crime too. And there were attention deficit and hyperactivity type of disorders in organized crime as well. You know, I, when I think about religion, this is the best way for me to state how I'm feeling. Um, And I want to sum it up to make it the most authentic. Child me believes all of the traditional Christian beliefs that you can think of. While adult me allows my child me to believe all the Christian beliefs that you can think of without trauma, without abuse, without victimization, without crime and without violence, now and forevermore. And the adult me recognizes um, the the experiences with Gnosticism from time to time, the experiences of atheism from time to time. So now you understand why I call myself an agnostic Christian practicing agnostic Christianity. Now you understand why I am a secular Jesus follower who has a love is my religion attitude towards Jesus. Um... 
because I no longer feel distressed by the views on religion duality when it comes to my child self and my adult self because my child self and my adult self are one. There's a oneness between my kid self and my grown-up self. And so I figured out that, okay, child Antonio is, not just was, but is a devout, spiritually mature Christian. While the adult me allows that to happen with no qualms, no issues, no problems, or no conflicts all about that. But the adult me is much more cognizant of the secularity and the secularism and the non-religiosity and being irreligious all within me. Um, Many believers listening would say, I noticed that you use all of the reasonable doubts and reasonable skepticism about religion, faith, spirituality, and piety to draw you closer and closer each and every second to the Holy Trinity. The child me would dance for joy, also known as praise dances, while the adult me appreciates what is happening to the child me And the adult me is more of, I don't feel that I'm less than because of the atheistic and agnostic type of feelings I experience from time to time. Um... And I think believers hearing that would say, um, because of what we heard on the podcast and because of what we read in your book, we see you as a part of the body of Christ. And we want to be the church family for you that a lot of believers fail to give you and the child me would dance for joy the adult me is happy that man or child is happy and the church family would say we're not offended by the the your religious skepticism and religious doubts we welcome all of you We welcome those parts of you because we understand what you've been through. We understand the autism being black and we understand the complexities of sexuality. So we adore you. That's what mature believers would say to me. I'm not saying they have to agree with me on everything because... I don't have a dictator's heart. But what I am saying is is that I don't think that they would um, treat me as as a dumpster that you just put your finished cheeseburger wrapper in, you know. And um, for me, um... I'm glad I can make peace with those things. Um,
I feel so much at peace. And as for the um, old school black culture I grew up with, I remember trying to get the other kids to not stay at the table too long because whenever the adults got quiet um, and looking at each other and looking at the kids and they would do both repeatedly, it was obvious they wanted to talk about TV mature NC-17 type of topics with one another or as they colloquially call it growth business so I would try to get the kids away by saying um, I told them adults are capable of whooping us if we um, stay too long and try to hear their conversation they might hit us they might and it took a while for the kids to leave but eventually they would leave because I said they can ground us and take away our privileges. They, we can't even watch our favorite TV shows, and that's when they really got up and left. As I was trying to get up and leave with them, they yanked me down, and I was like, ow, you're hurting me. Stop. This is too much. Okay, okay, get 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 off. And they apologized, because old school black people, are, a lot of them were very heavy-handed. So when they grabbed you, it's like, you could, it, it's starting to feel like cutting your skin. I'm like, ow, no, 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 no. Don't do that. And I felt perplexed. I was like, wow, I'm telling adults what to do, and they're obeying me. Because they stopped. I was like, and they apologized, which was foreign to me in terms of a concept, because I was not used to them ever trying to create any type of men's or apologizing. So it was just that culture I was in. Um, It's like they would make old school black culture statements regarding children that we've all heard. And they, they applied none of them to me. They would always make me the exception to the rule. They'd be like, oh, this is how we feel, except it. And, but you know what? We'll leave Antonio out of that one. And they would say that after every sentence. Uh, Tony's an exception to the norm. He's an exception to the rule of everything they would say. It's like they would... I remember one thing they would say the most was um, stay in a child's place heard that before but it was like but we don't need to treat Antonio like that he's different and they and it was just and I felt perplexed because everything they would say to apply to children and I'm trying to apply what they're saying to kid uh, what they're saying to all the other kids to me and they were like no none of what we say applies to like wow wow and um that's what I experience sometimes being in my 20s and um, it's like some of them will still kind of treat you like you're grown some still are more into pay everything and then I'll treat you like you're grown while some do a hybrid of both I'm like you're kind of this, but you're not fully. It was weird. That was a weird experience for me. And, um. That's why, um. With adults, I remember certain things. I said in the book. Sometimes they let me, a lot, every time they let me curse when I'm, imagine you're 10 years older and you're cussing with a person who's a Gen Xer. I didn't know what a Gen Xer was at the time, but I would cuss with Gen Xers and baby boomers. And I was like, wow, because that was some, that was something that I noticed could get you corporal punishment. That was a big reason why I did my best to be 
a good child. Some people say I was a good child to a fault or overly good. I would say if you're in old school black culture, you can't say you wouldn't have the same psychology I was made to have because of them, right? And so when I think about like how, yeah, like even cracking adult comedy club type of jokes with me. And when I look back at that part of my life, I sometimes they would say it and at f- those things and I'd be like, are they trying to prove they're being grown over me? That was something I really at first did not like. I, I would ask them, how do I respond to what you just said? You said that word. You're saying these words and you're saying kitchen say these words and these jokes, same thing. They're like, no, I say these words. You can say these type of words with me. I'm like, wait, I thought that was for grown-ups. And they're like, well, you're you're, you're very mature. I go, eh, don't, we don't care when it comes to you, whatever. I was like, wow. So what I was saying, it still felt weird. I would say it to so They're like, no, just say it normally. It's okay. You're not, we're not gonna we're not gonna yell at you we're not gonna whoop you we're not gonna spank you we're not gonna um put our hands on you we you you're you're you, you know you're just you're extraordinary to you know how we're raised is we it's hard to find kids like you that's how they treated me and they also said we're not gonna raise our voice at you you're fine antonio i was like wow and I remember there were times where adults did try to provoke me to test to see if I was going to be a good kid. They would talk like that. Um, and then if I cussed right, they were like, we're trying to see how good of a kid you really are. And... If you prove us wrong, you're going to get whooped, right? And the adults I was just, I was with that were cool with me, they're like, I wish you would try to whoop Antonio. I'll whoop you for trying to whoop him. I'll make sure you go to jail. <laughs> what you're not going to do is start shit with my Antonio. Antonio's a good kid. Leave him the fuck alone. And that's when they left me alone. They apologized because... Some people in that culture, they were taught to test children. Even children that were good, they wanted to see, are you always that good? If I say this or do this, are you still going to um, be respectful? And there were sometimes, those were times where old school black adults actually stood up for me. Like, nigga, what? Bitch, what? That's how they talked. And um, that's how shit was shut the fuck down and then um there were times where old school black adults apologized to me because they recognized that what they were saying was causing me um to be troubled in my heart and they said um Thank you for making us rethink how we were raised, especially the corporal punishment part. I was like, wow. And uh, I remember um, just growing up, uh, living a different life than the people around me at that time meaning the children. And I was adultified. I was parentified and I was infantilized um, so much. So unfortunately, toxic people became my family, like family, but then I had to cut them off. And it hurt the most because the role they played, they tried to play the most was mom. And... I recognize that I healed those mommy issues that stem from organized crime figure women saying, uh, he's my son or 
meaning me. He's my little brother or he's all the male family roles that you can play, that you can think of. They said I was there, this and that and the other things. And organized crime figure dudes are like, oh, that's my son or that's my little brother or that's my, you know, the, all the male family member roles that you could play, that you could think of. They said I was this, that, and all the other things, too. And then my mom's brother was supposed to be a, like an uncle and a father figure. But he, but he fucked up, fucked up, fucked up. And, um... I remember, um... I remember, um... You know, letting go of um, all the toxic people. And, and at first I was like, I don't want to be adopted in anybody's family or anybody that's my family again. I don't want to deal with this. Ah. Now I'm at the point where I don't see everybody the way they see me. For example, some people may see, see you as fam, may see me as family. I usually don't reciprocate it. Um, a small selective few I'll actually reciprocate because many most people say it. They're either too immature to be my chosen family or we have not yet established a mutual closeness where that could occur. Most people say it who say, like, I see you as this family member role, they're not monsters, so I'm not offended, and it's usually coming from a sincere place. But I've learned, you know, I don't always have to reciprocate other people's um, lenses of me that they see me through, right? If that's what helps them to give, to mature their love for me consistently and to continue to improve their kindness towards me. I don't try to correct them. Um, I only do it if they prove to be a monster or they start exhibiting toxic people traits and I just cut it off immediately. Like, no, 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 I do not see you that way, you know? And so I'm glad I was able to heal all those wounds the daddy issues that organized crime gave me, the mom issues that organized crime gave me, all both against my will. And that's what the fuck happened to me. That's what the hell happened to me. That's the shit that happened to me. That's the shit that pissed me the fuck off. And... Organized crime is filled with assholes and asswipes. And so, um... I am now at the point where um, and I'm taking my time thinking all this through and what I really, really love to say is that I've had such a wonderful time explaining all these things. And so, 
when it comes to sex on camera and off camera I am extremely well sexually balanced extremely well sexually routed extremely well sexually adjusted extremely well sexually unified and I require all the performers I'm with whether we're working for porn companies and especially when I establish my own company those are the only people that I sleep with on camera and off camera people who are um, sexually holistic like I am um I do understand that I was taught to soil my royal wild oats in organized crime. And and so many people would say, as soon as they had the word promiscuity relating to me, they would say, you're trying to get laid by as many people as possible because they would acknowledge my pansexuality in that way. And I would say, I don't treat sex as the rapture death wish. I don't treat, when I say rapture, it's like people doing, it's like people doing things really, really fast. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Jesus coming, Jesus coming. So they hurry up what they do all the time, everything they do, because they live in paranoia regarding Jesus coming back. I'm not disbelieved when I say this. What I'm saying is, imagine living your life in the fast lane, living fast, dying young, and living, living too fast, right? And with everything you say, do, think, and feel, because you're not focused on Jesus, focused on he could hurry up and, and I got to hurry up because he could come back and punish me. It's like, I don't treat sex like that. I also don't treat sex, I don't treat sex as a death wish because I'm not one of those other people are getting fucked and suck. So I may have to share with them. But also gotta make sure I get my own so I can fuck and suck them before other people can suck and fuck them. Or if they are getting sucked and fuck, I gotta suck and fuck the best. And it's like, I don't have that pressure. I don't live a life of this trauma doctrine of sexual scarcity and sexual partner scarcity that I was taught by organized crime. I don't have a sense of scarcity and inadequacy regarding my on-camera and off-camera sex life. Mm-mm. I got rid of those bullshits, and it took me years to do it, but I'm glad that it took that long because growth is gradual. Quality is gradual. And so I sexually grew, I sexually developed, I sexually matured in my inner life, and... I was able to sexually blossom. I did not stay in sexual stagnation. Um, So, when I, I now say this, I'm going to have more sexual parts on and off camera than I assume and than I thought I can and that I thought I could. Notice, there is no sexual desperation within that. There is no sexual frustration within that. There is no sexual depression within it. There's no sexual stress within that. That organized crime and a lot of toxic masculinity-minded folks attached to sex and sexuality. I now say I'm going to have stadiums of lovers on and off camera arenas of lovers on and off camera and football fields of 
lovers on and off camera. Golf courses of lovers on and off camera. Basketball courts lovers on and off camera. Let me say that again so nobody gets confused. I'm going to have stadiums of, arenas of, football fields of, basketball courts of, and golf courses of lovers on and off camera. I'm going to have way more love, much way more lovers than I ever imagined, that I ever thought, that I ever daydreamed of, that I ever dreamed of. Because people who tend to be about quality sex and they're non-monogamous, which is me in a nutshell, we tend to have more sex and more sexual partners than people who are trying to have as many sexual partners as possible. And I've come to that conclusion for myself because I'm not trying to outdo anyone sexually. I'm not trying to compete with anyone sexually because I'm not. And outdoing people sexually is not what I care about. Um, For me, it's definitely about... I allow sex to happen naturally, organically, and gradually. Because all areas of my life, I'm into naturality, graduality, and being organic. Um, And at the same time, there is some work ethic you put in, which is moral excellence. So I, I only sleep with morally excellent adults. That's it. And um, on off camera. So for me, the work ethic also with Cousin Sex is mutual pursuance of each other, right? So we take turns pursuing each other, making the first move, being the first to initiate sex, sex offers, sexual opportunities. So there's some reasonable work ethic there. But it all has to be innately um, of occurrences. And that's how I choose to live my life. So what I also wanted to say Is that I really do appreciate the life I get to live now. I think about how... I think about the fact that the life I live now is definitely consisting of being thoughtful of how even organized crime never vanquished. my soulfulness of inner beauty mm. um that's a that's a positive testimonial in and of itself i know more people like man you're understating it it was a it's just it just makes a speechless about how 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 amazing you are now that's correctly stating it. Correctly stating it. Um, I want to say this, and it means a lot if you allow me to say it.
So, yes, I am proud to be non-binary. <laughs> and, um... That means that the gender binary is 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 a box I breathe outside of, and I'm proud to be pansexual. Here's why: I am all around turned on by women, by men, by. by trans persons. Um, by people, adults of all sexual orientations, all sexual, all sex, uh, let me repeat all that again. I got tongue-tied. Mm, saying sex, wow, dirty joke. So, <laughs> I am all around turned on by women, by men, by trans persons, by Adults of all sexual orientations, all gender identities, and all sex characteristics. And, um, it shows up in my fantasy life and in my in-person life. Shows up in my daydreams, my dreams, my sex dreams, my wet dreams, my erotic dreams, my sex daydreams. And I check out attractive adults of a gender and sexual diversity, the entirety of it each and every day and um, I get hard-ons because of it and um, some of them I'm able to have the attractions reciprocated and uh, we partake in each other and when it comes to sex just like all areas of my life, I avoid the extremes of asceticism and overindulgence. So I have the middle way approach to sex, just like all areas of my life, which means moderation. And I only partake in lovers who think those same thoughts too. Um, in closing, I say that I do experience agnosticism, atheism, from, you know, in intervals, time intervals as an adult that does not overshadow nor overrule, nor override the uh, kingdom, God's kingdom believer, God's kingdom disciple of Jesus that child me was and is. And therefore, now you see why... Um, I um, I personally don't see Christian kid me and secular adult me as contradictions anymore. They're both the same person. It's just the adult me, I experience all of what it means to be fully human. And now you understand why... Um, I call myself agnostic, deist, agnostic, deist, and, uh, and lastly, a, um, a everywhere I go is my church type of person what that means is is everywhere where healthy wisdom healthy clarity healthy discernment is is my church 
especially when it comes to those who don't think like me, don't live like me, don't love like me, don't dress like me, and don't vote like me. And then the last thing I'll say, then I'll wrap up this episode. I know in my heart, my grandma, Clara, my real mother, in my heart, um, is celebrating my recuperation and my recovery together because ultimately it's our recuperation and our recovery. And some people would ask me, do you still sow, sow, sow your royal white oats? I would say, I plant the proper seeds. Because I am the proper seed that I plant. I plant in people, people plant in me, and we're both people of integrity. So yes, I soil my royal white oats correctly, which means no self-destructive behavior when it comes to sex and no self-destructive behavior when it comes to all areas of my life either. And um, I, I engage in healthy sexual promiscuity on camera and off camera. But let me get back to my grandma, Claire. I want to end with her. Um, She is extremely, she was and is extremely well balanced with me in all areas of life. She She was and is extremely well unified with me in all areas of life. She is and was extremely well rounded with me in all areas of life and she's a, she wasn't extremely well adjusted with me in all areas of life.